welcome to the Change Book Radio Show with your host, work-life fit expert, Deb Crow. Join Deb every week as she interviews the co-authors from all over the globe. They'll share their insights into self-empowerment with their personal stories and real-life experiences that will help your own personal development and touch every area of your life. Join Deb every Wednesday on Blog Talk Radio at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome. It's Wednesday, March the 29th, and it's 7 p.m. here in in still sort of sunny Canada, daylight savings, really loving having the sunlight in the day later in the early evening. It's such a welcoming of spring. I'm really excited tonight to introduce to you Lucas Roback, and I've had the pleasure of speaking with Lucas and collaborating with him on an initiative that he's going to talk to you about. But what's exciting about Lucas was he was in the very first book of the Change Book series, so book number one. So let me tell you a little bit about Lucas. He is a true leader. He's a visionary. He's a strategist. And let me tell you, he is certainly known for being a creative thinker. He's the founder and executive director of Melody of Life Foundation, which is a nonprofit. And he also is the organizer of the Holistic Health Expo, which he held in Wisconsin. He loves to educate in a classroom environment. And he's also authored several publications, which we'll get him to discuss with us. After a diagnosis of multiple cirrhosis was delivered to him, as he says, on a silver platter, Lucas became more empowered and motivated to bring value to the world around him. He graduated from college in 2008, and instead of applying for jobs in in the middle of a recession with a degree he wasn't passionate about, he thought it was time to apply for a 501c3 status and founded the nonprofit Melody of Life Foundation. Lucas's original mission was to help working families pay their children's medical bills where insurance didn't cover. But after six years of helping multiple families, Lucas has learned about multiple cirrhosis and the new direction and everything that he will take with him. So, Lucas, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Deb. I always love doing the introduction to my co-authors in the Change Book series because we're now on book 14, Lucas, and, and we're in over 26 countries, and we are such a global community of, of just diverse talent. And my first question to you that I, I know the listeners, including myself, would love to hear is you were asked to be in book number one with Jim and Jim. and. What intrigued you to do so, and how has it changed your life or assisted your business since you did write that chapter and join this community? So that was back in uh, 2014, the summer of 2014. I actually remember it just because I was diagnosed with MS about two or three weeks before they before they called and asked. And when they were just uh, telling me just uh, – the purpose of the book, the title of the book, and what their vision vision is, I just couldn't pretty much say no. I 
I'm really into the vision, the forward thinking, and that's exactly what they were talking about, and it was just really exciting for me to be a part of. And then uh, since I've been since I've been in it, I've connected to so many different people. Like you said, all over the world, 26 countries. I don't know if I connected to all 26 countries yet, but I know that I've been uh, reaching out, collaborating with a lot of different people, uh, doing little different projects here and there with people all over, at least America, as well as you over in Canada, our uh, friendly northern neighbors. And it's just a, it's a great community to be in. Everybody's just absolutely awesome to just at least have a conversation with. Well, I fully agree with you, and it's just neat that we can travel the world and know that you and I both belong to this amazing global community. Now, I'd love for you to share for the listeners, if you don't mind, is talking about your diagnosis to multiple cirrhosis in 2014. Did you have any indicators or common early signs of MS, or do you mind just sharing a bit of your story and what has kind of gone on for you since that diagnosis for the last three years? Yeah, uh, so I've had a lot of indicators probably for over a decade before I got diagnosed, but I just assumed that my body was like my car. The longer that you drive it, it'll sooner or later fix itself. And that's that's exactly what my body did. Was uh, I had bladder issues where it was kind of uh, hard to start peeing and then stop peeing. And so I got like uh, I went to the doctor to get checked for all different types of things. They never really said anything about MS. They didn't have a CAT scan or an MRI or do any like a spinal tap because of like just having a bladder issue and then I also uh I wouldn't say like I lost my vision for a few weeks but I everything was super blurry and I (laughs) I just allowed that to happen and one day I woke up and my vision was back so I was like oh I don't need to go to the doctor but what actually got me uh diagnosed was that I was uh, started noticing it when I went to go uh, celebrate my sister graduating from graduate school out in Denver. I used to be a party animal, and so I was super excited to go out to Fort Collins. They have tons of breweries. They have a couple breweries and a lot of awesome, fun bars. And when I got there, it was mainly just me not feeling too well, just being really tired. I actually slept during her, her whole graduation party. I was asleep. And then by, when I got back, the I started feeling numbness and tingliness on the left side of my body. I kind of ignored it. And then I was actually, cause since I had absolutely no idea what was happening, I thought it was actually kind of pretty cool as to, like, the feeling that I was feeling as well as, uh, like, I was losing, it was, my left side was becoming, like, really weak and everything. So it took a lot of concentration to be able to hold on to my keys and my phone and, I also have a manual car, so my left leg goes onto the clutch a lot. And so that took a lot of concentration to do because if I wasn't concentrating on it, then my limbs wouldn't work properly. And so uh, I'm really into, like, the the mental aspect of things, how, how our minds work. And so for me, I just that's why I said it was kind of cool. It was really interesting as to if I focused on it, my I could do – things normally but if I didn't focus on it I couldn't even hold on to a phone uh, and then I was even asking like some other people just like hey it's like these are the symptoms I'm having do you have any clue what this is 
And they're like, yeah, you're having, it sounds like a stroke. I'm like, for the past 10 days, I've been having a stroke. I know nothing about strokes except for, I don't think they last for that long. And WebMD didn't even tell me, like, didn't even bring up MS. It was like a bunch of other big words I never recognized. And then uh, I ended up walking into the hospital's uh, ambulance entrance because I parked, it so happened I parked in the farthest parking lot away. Walk into the ambulance entrance, and a lot of people were looking at me like I'm crazy because you're not supposed to go in that way. But they gave me a CAT scan right away, and the neurologist, even though like a CAT scan really doesn't show too much in terms of uh, diagnosing someone with MS, but that was the first thing that he said was, you have MS. But we're going to hold you overnight, give you an MRI tomorrow morning, and then do a ton of different tests and yeah, it just so happens that that's what they uh, diagnosed me with. So that guy was pretty good to look at a CAT scan because I guess that's uh, not the easiest way to determine if someone has MS. Right. So it's certainly been a journey for you. And I know one of the uh, early signs and some of the difficulties is cognitive problems. And I certainly don't see you having cognitive problems with all the different initiatives and projects in your nonprofit. Is that something that you have to work diligently on, or has that affected you in that way? Oh, yeah, the cognitive is definitely one of the uh, things that that affects me daily, actually. Um, When I schedule appointments, I have to pretty much quadruple verify, where some people that don't know I have MS, they probably are thinking I'm crazy or I'm just just dumb as can be because I'll, I'll verify it multiple, multiple times. And uh, I have a, I pretty much train myself to do like a, like a mini check, check to be able to verify that I am writing it, writing it in right. Uh, as well as I'll actually ask some people to look at it to make sure that I wrote it in correctly. Cause I can like tell you that I'm writing in uh, May 20th into the calendar I can look at it and it show and I'm seeing May twentieth, but it's not even May and it's not even the week of the twentieth. So like I I guess like I'll I see things that aren't there, I hear things that aren't there. Uh, from what I'm told is that's almost like uh, early signs of uh seizures, but fingers crossed I haven't had any of those any of that yet, but uh, also I get like words jumbled up mixed up my word finding skills are aren't the greatest so i use a lot of synonyms i might stutter a little bit and then use a word that i wasn't planning on using just to keep the conversation going so it's mainly just like uh just taking it as it goes whatever <laughs> whatever happens happens i just uh, roll with it and just make the best out of it well, and I think that's one of the admirable qualities that I, I really admire about you is you you have an infectious attitude and, and you have had since you've had your diagnosis. And if you want to remember the date, May 20th, though, Lucas, that is an important day because that's my birthday. So that was a great day. Out of all the days you could have picked, you picked May 20th. So I do want you to remember that date, okay? I will. Do you know why I threw out <laughs> May 20th? Why did you throw out May 20th? Well, not only because it's your birthday, but uh, I'm also, as you mentioned, I'm the executive director of a nonprofit, and on May 20th of this year, we're hosting our second Come Live Your 2020 Vision event 
here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Well, and that one would, is, uh, uh, I'm so excited for that. Let the listeners know about that. That's a nice lead lead in because I wanted to chat to you about that. So now I'm not going to forget that and I'll be thinking about you on my birthday. So tell us about this initiative and what you've created and what it's, how it all came about. All right, so I guess I'll give you a little background on the nonprofit. When I went to school, as you mentioned, uh, I graduated in 2008 with a degree in flight operations. And that was here in America, the one of our recessions, and the airlines get hit the hardest out of all the other out of all the industries. And so they were laying off pilots like crazy. I only had 300 hours, and I'd never experienced flight time in a jet. And so I was competing with other pilots that had a uh, thousand hours in a jet. And so I'm just like, you know what? I'm not going to try it and have the passion to go off and uh, make that happen. But what I did have the passion for was uh, starting the nonprofit. And that idea came in the summer of. I was gonna, I'll just say 2007. It was the a year I t- in a summer class a year before I graduated, so my between junior and senior year, and we were helping out families paying their uh, kids' medical bills, uh, which they couldn't afford insurance deductibles, all types of things. And then after I got diagnosed with MS, that's when I uh, that's when we actually changed the mission over to benefiting people with chronic illnesses, and. The Come of Your 2020 vision was, uh, I can't remember what year I read Jack Canfield's book, The Success Principles, but in his principle number 12 is act as if. So in your mind, you're acting as if that you are already the person that you want to become. You're already, you've already achieved what you wanted to achieve. Uh, in Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich, he mentions that uh, numerous times, pulls out a lot of uh, case studies on that where like if you wanted to be, like if you wanted to meet somebody, you just act as if you're meet your your friends and colleagues with that person in your mind, and uh, act as if. In Jack Canfield's chapter, he also mentioned a a party that he does at the end of his Breakthrough to Success uh, weekend seminars. It's called Come as You Are or Come as You Will Be. I can't remember exactly what he calls it, but the. Uh, we changed the name over to Come Live Your 2020 Vision, and then it's where you come acting as if it's May 2020, because it's going to be on May 20th, May 20th in Milwaukee. So it's, you come acting as if it's May 2020 with all of your three-year uh, goals are complete and accomplished. So you come and bragging about everything that you have achieved over the next 36 months, acting as if it's your current reality. So if you wanted to be the CEO of Harley-Davidson, print off some business cards and tell people, hey, I'm the CEO of Harley-Davidson, act act the part, dress the part. Uh, what I did actually back in uh, January 2015 was the first time that we had it. So I got diagnosed in May 2014, and then in January 2015, we had our first Come Live Your 2020 vision. And that was actually, I think, the being diagnosed with MS was, like the motivating factor to get that done. It's like I wasn't diagnosed with a chronic illness or the most debilitating neurological disorder that we know about. I was it was a a life a life diagnosis. I got diagnosed to live my life the way that I wanted to essentially. And what I did is I just took a magazine and I started a like quote unquote photoshopping different images, so I was cropping myself into different uh, different things. I put myself on the cover of Time magazine, and uh, they gave me Man of the Year, 
on that. They wanted to name me Person of the Universe, but somebody else did something so much better that they gave it to him, and they're just like, well, Lucas did something amazing, too. We should, What should we do with him? And they're like, let's just put him on the cover of Time Magazine. So they just put me on the cover of Time Magazine. And I have a, a photo of me on the cover of Time Magazine that I talk about. I also mentioned that Jack Canfield called me up out of the blue and asked me to come to one of his events so that he can shake my hand, meet me. I can uh, We're going to have a little conversation, and we'll take a picture together. And it just so happened last uh, August, August 2016, I got a phone call from Jack Canfield, asked me to come to his event in Chicago so that I can shake his hand and take a picture with him, and I was able to ask him some questions. And that actually did happen. Granted, it was a recorded call by Jack Canfield, but I got exactly what I was talking about. Another thing that I was uh, like the Come Live Your 2020 vision, uh, one woman wants to be a uh, TEDx speaker. So all she did was just take a, uh, like a screenshot of a TEDx stage on her phone. She was just saying, hey, this is me on stage. She also took a... Uh, um, just a book off of her bookshelf and printed a, a a cover that she wants to have so that she's like, oh yeah, I'm a New York Times bestselling author and here's my book. Uh, there's a lot of things that you can do with, with it. It's just a matter of uh, just acting the part, acting who you want to be, and then it really drives that goal and that dream and that vision deep into your subconscious mind. And once you leave the party, your subconscious is going to realize that that's not actually your reality. And so you're disassociating yourself. So you're becoming fully associated with your goal, with your dreams, with your vision during the event. And then after it, the next day or that night, whatever it might be, your subconscious disassociates from it, realizes that it's not real. And now it's going to give you the inspiration, the motivation to take action. You're going to start noticing things that were always there, but now you're actually noticing them on how they can benefit you to become that individual that you were bragging about. Uh, you're going to start meeting different people. The, the whole law of attraction starts to uh, take place where the universe starts moving. You're going to start... Uh... Honestly, it's just one of the... It's If I could turn it into a full-time career just to organize these events, I would drop everything and just do this. It's so much fun, except right now I'm just doing it for a non-profit. And I make zero dollars on it. It actually costs me money to put them on because all the money goes to uh, people with chronic illnesses. So this event on May 20th is we're raising money to provide bottles of vitamin D as well as CBD oil to people with chronic illnesses in the southeast Wisconsin region. Well, let's hope that maybe some people are listening and... I'm just I'm in awe of your power of intent and what you've in, what you've just created for yourself Lucas and it just goes to show you that it doesn't matter what limitations we can have whether they're physically emotionally psychologically if you really want to have something and visualize it and like you said put that intent out there and even what you did with putting yourself on the on the cover of Time magazine I think I think everything comes to fruition. If we can truly see it and feel it, it will come. So I'm going to give you a break from speaking for a minute to let you catch your breath and maybe take a glass oh, of, uh, glass <laughs> of water. 
I, I just, I'm just so intrigued with the work that you're doing. I, I want to read a little bit out of your chapter from book number one, and I love the title of your chapter. It's called Only Good Can Come From This. And there's a couple of paragraphs that I really would love to share with the listeners. So this is from page 136 of Lucas's chapter. On May 29th, 2014, I was diagnosed with multiple cirrhosis, which is an autoimmune disease that attacks the nervous system. Imagine if only people's nervous systems were to walk around, we would still be able to tell who is who because the nervous system runs throughout our entire body, internal and external. Now imagine that all the nerves in your body are electrical extension cords. MS gets the immune system to attack the nerves and begins breaking down the insulation or myelin around them. Out of 3 million people that have MS, no two people are the same. This is not a cookie cutter disease where the same thing happens to everyone. What works for one person could cripple the next. Diet, vitamins, minerals, exercise, acupuncture, massage, mindfulness, positive thinking, meditation, and medication are recommended every day for those with MS. All this information came from decades of statistics on how to successfully live with MS. Months before I was diagnosed, I began making headway into becoming an author, speaker, trainer, and life coach. Everything I did revolved around my life purpose and living with a positive mindset. I was working hard every day to create opportunities and make things happen for months. Then one day it was becoming more and more difficult for me to walk. After almost two weeks of struggling with my balance, walking, and not being able to hold things in my left hand, I went to the hospital to receive the good news. The next morning, a team of neurologists came in my room to give me my diagnosis. While they were talking to me, I knew what I had to do with this new career that was handed to me. While I was still in the hospital, I began visualizing all the possibilities that can come from me living with MS. Since my diagnosis, I have been told by countless people that if anyone should be diagnosed with MS, it is me. My positive attitude and outlook on life drew people closer to me and created better relationships. The nurses told me many times how they loved coming in my room because of all the positive energy and how much I made them laugh. None of this would ever have happened if I was devastated by the news and started my own little pity party. And I and I I just think that's the character of you, Lucas. And I I love that you also quoted by Joshua Marine. Quote: Challenges are what makes life interesting, and overcoming them is what makes life meaningful. End quote. So it's kind of like you were handed the lemons, you've made lemonade, and it certainly doesn't seem to have slowed you down or held you back from any of your dreams or goals or visions. And one of the things that also inspires me is you wrote a children's book, and I would love for you to tell the listeners what you called it and why you chose that name. And where did that idea came from, and and what was your goal to author a children's book? Um, So this is after I read Jack Canfield's book, The Success Principles. I do remember that. I still can't remember the year, but... 
I was at a friend's house, and I was reading a book. I'm just going to say he was one years old just because of how basic the children's book was that I was reading to him. It was just like, okay, dog, flip the page, cat, flip the page, horse, flip the page. It was just animals, one word, one picture on each page. And it was just, I started laughing. I, I took this child, and I, tur- I had him face me. I looked right at him. I'm like, I'm going to write a children's book. Because anybody can write a children's book. It's just taking a noun and putting it on a page. And then you flip the page and put another noun on the page. And so I, start, I started laughing. Like, this is so simple. Anybody can do it. But I was also, that's when I was uh, doing the life coaching as well. That's uh, when I was really getting into the whole positive uh, arena of things. And this was before uh, May 2014. So this was uh, well before I got diagnosed with MS that this happened. And... I just uh, came up with the idea uh, of just writing a children's book, had no clue what I was going to do. And then after some time of just putting that out there, all of a sudden, some time passed when all of a sudden I got the idea. It's just like, let's just take what we're teaching adults, children, because why should we wait until we're 35, 40, 50 years old to actually learn uh, what we're never really taught? which is essentially, I I don't want to call them affirmations, but it's mainly just that positive mentality, that positive mindset of stating things in the positive present tense rather than saying, like, oh, I will and everything like that. So it's I am. And so the children's book is called I Am, Children's Book for Positive Thinkers. And all it really is is every single page is just a different affirmation. So essentially there's 12 words in the book. And so it's I am is repeated on every single page, and then I am positive, I am smart, I am determined, I am beautiful, I am healthy. And every single page, I found an artist here uh, locally in Wisconsin through Craigslist out of all places, and he's just a phenomenal artist. A lot of people complimented the artwork rather than the actual concept of the book, which I'm actually really proud of because it took a really long time and very frustrating to find him, uh, uh, to be able to find an artist. And the book itself, I've, kids absolutely love it. Uh, on the first edition of it, I just put, I had no idea what I was doing at all. The entire thing was a complete learning process. It was just one of the biggest and best experiments I've ever conducted. And when I look at the book now from everything that I've learned over the past three, four years is that there's so many mistakes in that book where if you don't, if you don't know what you're looking for, you're going to see an awesome book. But if you know anything about book publishing, you're going to see a ton of mistakes. And after I started learning more and more and more after I published it, I actually almost felt bad selling the book, where it's just like there's so many mistakes in this, I can't even sell it. And I actually kind of like put it on the shelf for a while, and I didn't talk about it or do anything with it just because I saw so many mistakes. And then I'm not even sure how it happened, but one day I'm just like, you know what, this is a great book. I think it might have been just parents coming up to me just – people that I've never met before saying, oh, I have your book. It's like my son loves it. My daughter loves it. I read it to him all the time. And then I've also, uh, I know some parents actually don't even read it to their kids that often, but they look at it themselves. And they say it's like a good uh, jump start of the day or a good refresher at the end of the day. And that kind of got me back into it. And what I did first was I sold 
as many books as I could to be able to cover my costs as well as to be able to cover the next print. But then after that, I still had a lot of, a lot of books left because I bought a huge quantity of them. And I just started, now it's my business card. It's been my business card for about two years, yeah, for about a year and a half, two years now. And I've just been giving them out to people. And every once in a while, people will buy them. They'll give me a lot more money than what the price tag is even on it. And then there are some people that don't pay me just because it's my business card. I don't expect anybody to give, pay me anything for the book. But uh, a few months ago, I actually gave it to uh, Thomas Ginn, who is a thinking into results consultant, which I didn't know at the time. I just knew that he was uh, an owner of a wellness center, which which we'll get into a little bit later of why I'm connecting to a lot of people in the health and wellness world here in Wisconsin, but I just knew that he was an owner of a wellness center. So I, we had a meeting. I gave him my, he asked for my business card, so I gave him my book. And it turns out that a couple of weeks after I gave him my book, he went to uh, your, your neck of the woods in Canada to give a speech. And Bob Proctor was in the audience. And after he got off the stage, he went straight to the back of the room and gave Bob Proctor my book. And Bob Proctor was the, he actually asked Tom to make a video for me. And Bob, so I got a, an 18 second video of Bob Proctor holding my book. And I've been, <laughs> I've been watching it every single day. It's 18 seconds. And it took me about, like, I watched it for 20 minutes on a loop before I even called up Tom to thank him for not only following through, because most people don't follow through. They'll say, Oh yeah, I'm just, I'll give Bob Proctor the book. So yeah. Okay. So he actually followed through with that. So that was just one of the I was so incredibly grateful that somebody actually followed through with something that they said that they were going to do, and let alone he gave it to Bob Proctor, somebody that uh, Bob Proctor's YouTube videos saved my life when I was going through depression. That was another symptom of MS, I guess. Uh, MS helps the serotonin levels drop drastically, which puts you into a depressive mood. And instead of going through taking medications and stuff like that, I watched Bob Proctor. And so that was just a very humbling experience. And I'm still giggling because I can, I memorize the video. It's only 18 seconds and he doesn't say too many words in it. But uh, since then, since I got that video a few weeks ago, I actually started to, uh, I called up my artist again and we just started the book two of it. And it's called I Am, I Do, I Have. Because you start with the mentality, I am. So you're thinking in your mind that I am this person. You're acting as if you're coming to live your 2020 vision on May 20th in Milwaukee, which is Deb's birthday as well. Uh, and then Exactly. Mm-hmm, so once it's in your mind, then you start taking action on it. And that's the I do part of it. And once you take action, then you'll have it. Because you can't have anything until you take action unless you let the world just pretty much do what it wants to you every single day, which from what I learned is that a lot of people actually just are stagnant and just they reach a level of resignation where they just allow anything to happen. It's just like, well, that's life. It's just like, no. It's kind of like what Henry Ford said, the best way to predict your future is to create it. And so just create it, and you can do that with your thoughts, 
to the I am, and then your actions will will follow suit of whatever's whatever thought it is that is held in your mind. And one of the things that Bob Proctor said in the video is that the mind is the most powerful force in all of creation. Hold the image of what you want, the whole world. And so, right when he said that, I instantly thought of Abraham Hicks. I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, Abraham Hicks, but I am. they say uh, they say to hold an image and focus on one very specific thing for 17 seconds, and then after putting very intense focus on one thing for 17 seconds, allow your mind to jump to the next thought that, that creates, and then hold that thought for 17 seconds and allow it to jump to the next thought. So every 17 seconds, you allow your mind to jump to the next thought until 68 on, for 68 seconds. And they say if you do that twice a day, that'll be the most productive day in your life. So you don't have to accomplish anything other than holding those thoughts in your mind for 68 seconds, and that alone will help your actions that'll determine your actions as well as ignite the law of attraction. Well, and when I think about children's book, Lucas, I I don't even think that you realize the potential that you're instilling and the foundation that you're setting for any young person to start that script of first person, which is really affirmations and just the positive effect that that is putting into that child subconsciously and how it's promoting self-confidence and self-love and just giving them the passion and the grit and the know-how that they can be anything, they can do anything to you, how, you know, kind of frame the first book and now you're going uh, to author a second book and absolutely how the two correlate and go together. But just look what you're doing for all those young readers and imagine that generation when they grow up and land up having all of those skills so well honed. Like how does that feel? And have you even thought about that project and what you've done and, and what you're creating for the future and maybe you're not even realizing it yet. No, I'm definitely not realizing it. <laughs> but now that you bring it up it's just like, oh, maybe I am so I guess I you just ignited just a little bit of a spark of that realization. Well, and you know what I think is interesting? I think, I know that I love affirmations. And Diana Allen, who's another co-author in The Change, is in France. And she's a, a shaman and a healer and a singer and just a woman of so many talents. And when we were chatting, I was telling her about the I am list that I have. And she said, I'm going to give you one word, Deb, and I'm going to encompass all the words into one word. And I was so uniquely taken back because I'm thinking, what word could just encompass every I affirmation and give me back that wholeness or the holistic of everything I'm trying to say to myself and put into my subconscious to live and visualize just everything we're talking about. And now every morning when I wake up and do my gratitude journal, first thing, as soon as I open my eyes, my daily affirmation now is, I am a sovereign being. What do you think of that? 
I like it. Isn't it all-encompassing? Yes, it is. And Diana really taught me something a couple of weeks when we were doing a Skype call together because we've collaborated on a few things. And she taught me that we don't need to have, you know, 20 words and 20 I am affirmations written out. Sometimes if we sit back, and like you're joking about nouns and, and different um, ways of using words when you're writing your children's book or speaking, sometimes we just have to think about the word and the power of maybe one word that could be all-encompassing. So now that is, my, that is one of my go-tos. And my other one that I really love, Lucas, is I am limitless. And I think that should be one that you should coin because you have not slowed down from being diagnosed with MS. If anything, you've become probably more engaging. I didn't know you before 2014. So, but I, I'm sure if I spoke to your family or any of your good friends, they would just say how anyone who's been diagnosed with any kind of um, injury or disease or even a terminal illness, has said how it's helped them become better or put them in the direction that they wanted to go. And I think that you've really shown that through writing your chapter in the change book and even entitling it what you did. Only good can come from this. And your children's books, we can make that plural now. So here you are putting all of your goodness out into the world with your visions and affirmations and the impact that you're going to have on all the children that are going to read that book, Lucas, and, and just your teachings. I don't think you've ever maybe sat back and thought about the, the ripple effect. Let's call it that, that you're doing that's coming from your vision, but all the goodness it's going to have on a whole lot of other people. How does that make you feel? A little humbled because I just do things for fun. <laughs> and yeah, it's uh it's inspiring as well. Like just by there's a lot of things that you really don't think about that kind of just go by and you just allow it to happen, but then there's like and then people say things here and there and it's just a matter of uh Pretty much you acknowledging it and accepting it because I could easily just blow off everything that you just said to me and still not really acknowledge that I am having a positive impact on other people because there are people that say, oh, well, Lucas, you inspire me so much. So then I would come back with the question. So it's like, oh, yeah, what did I, what did I inspire you to do? And they don't have an answer for it. And so it's kind of like I got, I got a little desensitized to that whole uh being that inspirational person because I haven't, I only get like a good answer every once in a while because most of the time we are just like, oh, well, nothing yet, but you're inspiring. It's just like, okay, well, if I'm inspiring, go do something and then tell me what result it is that you produced after. Don't tell me that I'm inspiring and then not actually have a result or a new action, a new behavior, a new belief system to prove that I inspired you. Because otherwise, I just motivated you to come up to me and tell me that I inspired you. And I don't want it to be just that. It's more, I'm looking for long-term results, really. Well, and, new behaviors. 
And I would love to answer that question. So how you've inspired me is you have not let a medical diagnosis get in the way of who you want to be, who you want to empower, and how it continues to motivate you. Even on days when you're tired, you'll take a rest and keep going. When you did the Holistic Health Act Expo and asked me to be part of that, I was so honored. And we had to do a half-hour video and what I loved was you emailed me after and were so gracious and had gratitude that I was, you know, willing to help out and, and collaborate with you. And then there were virtual people that could come in the room and you said, well, Deb, I only collected one name, but it's, it's one more than what you would have had. And you never know where that's going to lead to. And I thought, this is the kind of person that I love aligning with because is the glass half full or half empty? And that's the kind of person you are. And like myself, I think you and I tend to see the positive elements of all things, even if, even if we're handed something that's not the way we wanted to go, there's always a silver lining if you're willing to find it. And I think that you and I are kind of cut from the same cloth that way, Lucas. And I, I, believe in my mind and my heart and, and my soul that when we get a detour or head down a road that doesn't quite as smooth as we want it, there's an opportunity for us to maybe look inward or to maybe rethink what we're doing. And I think a lot of people can have those qualities, but not everybody chooses to utilize them. So that is probably my biggest compliment that I have for you is you always see opportunity. You always see growth. And to me, I think if we're not learning and growing every day as a person, we're not really living. And and Lucas, you're living. You're, you're living even with some of the, the difficulties that you have, and they're not slowing you down. And I never hear you talk negative. So I authentically see you living. And I another thing that I admire about you is that we also have in common is is we work from our heart. And when you work from your heart, I've had many people who are very successful or older than me say, when you work from your heart and your mind is aligned, goodness will always come. So when you do what you love, Lucas, the money will always come. So we never see how the blessings are going to rain down on us, but we know they're going to come because we're, we're visualizers, aren't we? Uh, so much so to where I actually have to cut back on it a little bit and bring myself back to earth. <laughs> yeah, and, and I get that, and that's okay because um, we're only here for once. Like, this is not uh, a dress rehearsal. So, you know, as corny as it sounds, I, I think we both embrace really getting the most out of every day and, and what we can. And I think a lot of people take note of that. And I've had people say, where do you get the energy? And I think when you're doing what you love, it doesn't really make you feel tired. But I know that you have a lot going on right now. So tell us some of the things that you've got coming up. You've talked about your May 20th event. I would love for you to just give us a little overview of being the executive director of your nonprofit. And we have some time if you would let us give us a little bit of insight into the authorpreneur because I know a lot of people would be interested in hearing how you have founded that and, and what you're bringing 
what craft you're bringing to help others. All right. So I'm kind of going to be jumping around and answering all your questions a lot differently. But uh, so once again, that, that event, May 20th, Come Live Your 2020 Vision, it's something that we're going to be doing every single year from here on out just because I love it so much. And I, as I mentioned earlier, as I was absolutely love to just travel the world and put on, host these events just to – it's something that I'm extraordinarily passionate about. It lights me up and gives me a ton of energy. But another thing that I'm doing as well is, uh, like you mentioned, the Holistic Health Expo. We changed the name to The Wellness Fair. So if you go to thewellnessfair.org, that's the new website. And with that, last year you were a part of the first book, which is something that we're going to be doing every single fall because we're no longer just a, uh, a fair or like a vendor fair, trade show, uh, expo fair, whatever it is that you want to call it. Uh, but how I actually became the organizer of that is after I got diagnosed with MS, instead of researching what MS really was, I started researching how to successfully live with it because that's the only thing I can control. My doctor's a lot smarter than me no matter how much research I put into what MS is. So that's his job. I'm gonna. My job is taking care of me. And after I learned... Although that it's essentially Eastern medicine is how to successfully live with a chronic illness as well as how to successfully just live as a human being. Uh, I started volunteering and doing different things along the lines of uh, helping out organizers and being a part of a lot of different uh, health events. And then after a while, after two years of doing that, uh, Karen Conway, who is the organizer of one of the events, she just pretty much asked me if I wanted to take over. And so I, Change the name over to the Wellness Fair and doing a whole lot of things. So we're no longer just a like a semi-annual fair. We're doing uh, we're starting a podcast. We have a digital magazine. We're going to do one printed magazine a year, one published magazine a year. We do community dinners, well uh, monthly wellness mixers. We have an online membership site, so everybody can go on there and create their own profile. If you're a bit uh, like a wellness business in some regard you're able to show up as a business on there and then that'll you'll be a part of our business directory we're thinking globally because i would love to expand as far as the sun can reach with this wellness fair as well as uh it's just another way for pretty much people to to connect and everything like that we're doing blogging and tons of different things and what how the entrepreneur thing came around was after I published that children's book, I started learning more and more about publishing and how to utilize a book and all this sort of thing. And uh, after I became an author in the change, I still was essentially clueless, but I'm still learning. I, like hopefully in two years from now, I look back and be like, wow, I was super clueless in 2017 when it comes to this. But uh, last year, just for fun, really, like without even trying that hard, like I still put in effort and energy and a lot and resources towards it, but it was more of just like a, just fun. I helped over uh, 30 people last year become authors. And then in uh, a few months ago in December, it was just like, huh, there's a business behind this. And so I put a post out there saying, I'm going to publish 250. Uh, I'm going to get 250 people and turn them into authors in 2017. And just because of that post, all of a sudden I'm on track right now for at least 70 maybe 80, not even sure. 
And the idea behind the the whole authorpreneur thing is that you can build a business with a book, and that's something that I didn't really even know about until probably this last summer. I can't remember exactly when. But what you're able to do with the book is that now you're you're an instant expert, instant authority figure, instant uh, credibility, that your trust factor goes through the roof. People trust authors more than they trust anybody else out there. Uh, And this is a global perception. As well as, like when I say like an instant authority, instant expert, I know people with uh, PhDs in psychology, so they know a whole lot more about the mind and the psychology of everything that, that I'm clueless about right now. And yet, I'm the one being interviewed on podcasts. I'm the one that's asked to speak and do consulting. I'm the one that's uh, being interviewed by journalists and for magazine articles. I asked them, it's just like, oh, yeah, how many times did that happen to you? It's just like, I know that you're a lot smarter than me, more credible than me, uh, more of an authority figure and all this, all more of an expert than me, but I'm the one that's doing it, and they're not. And the reason why, I can care less why the world perceives an author to be all that. I just know how to utilize it now. And so that's kind of like the whole way of uh, of it, is that if you're like a a, a salesperson, a small business owner, entrepreneur, you want to be an entrepreneur, you want to be a small business owner, you want to be a salesman, whatever it is, whatever goal it is that you have, a book is the best way to make that happen. And you and you can utilize it a lot of different ways. And if you're not a writer, perfect. I'm not a writer either. I'm just an author. <laughs> I, even though I, I, I actually uh, started counting the words that I write and I'm, I, I, uh, I guess I fall into the writer category now, but uh, there's a, there's numerous ways to easily write a book. Very, It's a very simple process when you know what to do and how to do it. And what I'm trying to do is I'm actually trying to teach people how to publish their own book because I don't want to be the publisher. I don't want royalties at all from the books. I want them to learn from me, publish the book, and then they can go off and do it again and again and again to be able to duplicate themselves so that they're able to accomplish whatever goal it is that they want. I'm, I don't want to have, like, returning clients because, I like, your battery dies after two years or <laughs> whatever that might be. So I, I'm not trying to keep clients. I want It's like a catch and release. Let's get you everything that you need and go off and do it as many times as you want without me for the, for, forever. Like, I'm not trying to retain clients. I'm trying to get them to excel and go off and do it on their own. Uh, Well, and that's, to me, that is the best model mentorship program that you're setting up. You're, I love it. You're catching and releasing. You're, you're giving them the skills that they need and you're fostering them in the process and then helping them launch and away they go. So really it's a mentorship program and it's, it's a wonderful model, Lucas. I think it's amazing. Well, thank you. Yeah, so our next, uh, there's uh, the Wellness Fairs publishing another book in the fall. So as long as you have a business profile on our website, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, you're able to uh, have access to submit a chapter for that book, as well as like if you're within 200 miles of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, you have to be a vendor in the fair. Otherwise, you have to... 201 miles away for to not be a vendor in the fair to be an author. Uh, 
fun little rules that I come up with. Um, well, but that's the joy of being an entrepreneur. When it's your initiative, you set what works for you, and you can change it, etc. So, well, Lucas, I think I'm going to have to put a GPS on you just to keep track of everything that you've got <laughs> going on. And I just, I really want to thank you for coming on the show. And I always enjoy our our conversations and. I always uh, wish you well with your health and and I hope things keep progressing well with you with all your initiatives and just keep being the authentic, genuine person that you are and shining your light because the world needs you, Mr. Lucas Roback. Thank you very much, Miss Deborah Crow. So remember, May 20th, I want a phone call now. I want an email or something, an e-card. Yep, May 20th in Milwaukee, (laughs) Wisconsin. It is at a hotel. And we do have uh, discount pricing. So it's uh, if you go to MelodyOfLifeFoundation.org, once again, that's MelodyOfLifeFoundation.org. Uh, I pretty much took the whole website down. And now the home page is just the essentially a landing page for this event. And so you're able to get more information about it. At least you can watch Bob Proctor's video with my children's book as well as see a picture of me with Jack Canfield. And I can attribute both of those to the January 2015 Come Live Your 2020 vision. So if you have any goal, I'll see you on May 20th. Well, you're, or you will for sure talk to me because I'll be a year older yep. and a year wiser. So I want to thank uh, you for coming good. on the show and let's keep in touch. And I know our paths will cross and just keep doing all the great work that you're doing. And thanks again for, for letting me interview you for the last hour. Yeah, thank you so much, Deb. I greatly appreciate you asking me to uh, be on the show. You take care. All right, you too. Just another interesting episode of the Changebook Radio Show with Lucas Roback. And I, I love going back to book number one when it all began in 2014. So join me here next week. I have to leave our guest as a surprise because... She may be traveling, so she may be at 40,000 feet, but I'm hoping she will be grounded and I can get her on the show next week. So thank you for tuning in to the Changebook Radio Show, and we will see you back here next Wednesday night live at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is Deb Crow, and I hope everyone has a great week. Take care.